Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Welcome aboard. Today, I'd like to welcome my guest, Adam Garner. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Shows you how busy I am. I can't even remember. What time is it right now? Morning. Good no. evening. <laughs> it's morning somewhere. It's morning somewhere in the globe. That mm-hmm. If you believe that the globe is round. If you don't, well. You know why I know uh, the earth is flat? How? Because the oceans aren't carbonated. <laughs> That's a good joke. I like that. I like that. Adam uh, Adam works for ADT, and he's a uh, sort of a jack of all trades, right? You do security, fire. Yeah, I primarily deal with fire most of the times, but good timer. Yeah, but <laughs> security, access, video, um, I've done it all, and I continue to do it all, uh, mostly on the on call side. Because that's just what we have to do. Really? Mm-hmm. So you do a lot of. So you basically stay on call. I mean, you work all day and do on call at night, or are you like yeah, the we, main on call tech? Or oh uh, gosh, some people would like to pay me to be if uh-huh. they could. <laughs> it's like, hey, you want to take my on call? Take you know, take we a couple had, extra bucks. We had a tech that did that at Western States. He just took all the on calls, all of them. You know, if if you're looking for the money, uh, it's not a bad decision mm-hmm. to make. Uh, you know, if you have a good work life balance, you can make a lot of extra money doing on call stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after a while, some of it just gets kind of burnt out. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm trying to work on that work life balance a little bit better. <laughs> it's like I'm not going to go on call when I can avoid it. So we do a rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm on call, I'm expected. You know everything. You're going to service everything. Yeah. So that's uh, heavy when it, when you when you have to, when you have to be that. Because if I got called out to a camera job, I'm like, ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. You yeah, should probably call a camera person. Is what I'd say. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of them, a lot of them are like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, I actually had to do uh, training uh, with a bunch of other techs at our office because they had zero experience with fire. So I kind of got them up to snuff on. Okay, here's some tips and tricks and sure. things you can do. And they're like, "Oh, this is so great! We have to start doing this for security and for access." I'm like, "Awesome." Or you could just completely change your on call so the people who know the systems are ones get, yeah, no get the call. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be work. the work. Yeah, that might be the thing to do. But so, how did you get into trade? I mean, and and let's talk about where you worked before here. Uh, so, I had attempted to do a completely different career. Okay. I had gone um, and gotten a degree in game art and animation, so 3D stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, it is a absolutely cutthroat uh, industry, and there are. Huh. Articles still coming out how poorly um, people who work in it are treated, especially really? like the Marvel movies. Perfect example. Okay. Everybody who is required to do like FX and 3D work for them are just ridden into the dirt. They're not paid very well. They're overworked. They're undervalued. No and, kidding. And they just get strong armed because it's like, hey, if you don't go do it, we're going to hire somebody over in you know Russia that can do mm-hmm. it for half the cost and you know, half the time. So, you know, do it wow. or, you know, we'll blacklist you and we're the biggest company out there making sure. movies. So I, I'm kind of glad that I didn't really get an opportunity because, you know, you graduate, you, you farm your, re, your resume out to mm-hmm. as many places as you can and you never get a phone call back. <laughs> so, And you went to school here? Yeah. Nice. Uh, over at the Art Institute Portland. Okay. Wow. So, and then, that's, a, uh, that's a pretty well-known 
place, by the way. Yeah, I met some pretty I've interesting people. Their speaker system. <laughs> yeah, all they know. It's an interesting place. <laughs> um, so when I didn't get any of my opportunities myself, uh-huh. I tried to make one, and uh, I went and attempted to start a company with a couple other guys, mm-hmm. and it was an interesting experience. But I would say, like a group project, you go in and you get together with a bunch of people, and then you find out you're the only one actually doing any work. Yeah, and it's like, well, that didn't really work out that well um you can you can feel it like like when you about the time you realize that it's like oh you're like oh but i can say i at least tried to spend a year of my life i did a lot of work and everybody that saw it said it was great but again never really went anywhere with it did a lot of freelance stuff one of the guys that i tried to go into business with he actually was in this industry and he's the one that introduced it to me he's like hey it's not quite working how about we try something else i was like well what do you got i'm i'm open Mm because i just left a different career to try to start that i used to be a a laser coder tech Mm -hmm. so for cutting metals or for plastics or um mostly for like you know the water bottles we see here Uh the date codes on that milk jugs um, that kind of stuff oh so they would just lightly etch it in Yep, that's cool. Yeah, it was. It was kind that of, is an interesting gig. I never thought about that. It was a fun place to work. A lot of mm-hmm. interesting stories there. Um, but I hated the travel. <laughs> so it was. It was here locally, or or um, I would service uh, as far out as Montana, um, down to Vegas. Okay. Um, working in the summertime in a sheetrock plant in Vegas was awful. Oh, so you so the so the equipment was installed and you were the technician going out and servicing it and yep, updating would, the software. And... Yeah, but I would take care of all of that stuff. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So the travel was brutal and the work type Yeah, I mean, the locations work, were... The locations were actually kind of fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of breweries, um, a lot of interesting warehouses. Uh, at one point, I went to Alaska for a week and I probably hit just about every single island with a fishing plant on it. Oh, no kidding. Oh, mm-hmm. So because they, they put it on the cans? Yeah, when uh, fish come through, they got to mm-hmm. um, wrap them up and they have to date them okay. and put a bunch of information on them, like and what so kind that, of fish that, they are. And this machine does that? Yep. No kidding. Huh. Yeah. I did so, not know that. Yeah, they were, they were pretty cool machines, but I hated going to Seattle every mm-hmm. week. Just the drive is awful. So I wanted to try something new. Uh, and then he got me into this and here we are years, years and years later. And how long have you been in the industry now? I'm coming up on about 10 years because okay. um, I'm keeping the the time and date really, really keeping my eye on that because mm-hmm. next year I'm going to get my NYSET 4 and nice. fire alarm systems. So you're a 3 now? Yep. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Kids, get your NYSETs. Yep. I'm NYSET 3 fire alarm systems. Uh, I got my LEA, my 06. Yep. Um, pretty much any certification that's offered to me, I'll take it. Good. Because um, I just like to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a... My old boss even tried to get me my high voltage license. I was mm-hmm. like, "Sure, let's do it." Yeah. But the company was like, "No, we we don't do that." <laughs> Is <laughs> so, this when you work for a ProTech or? Uh, actually, ADT. Oh, so okay. I started the industry with Allied. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I liked that. I liked that company when it was around. By the way, I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun to work with. 
but that you're was the my first experience. person to say that. <laughs> I, I mean, I I used I, I used them for like besides for keys, but I knew the yeah. guy who handled the the some of the safes. Tom, I got named Tom Price. You probably yeah, know. I worked yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of fun because like the first job I ever did with them, I was mm -hmm. like, hey, what are we going to do? He's like, oh, we're going to go do a bank job. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> nice. what are we getting into? Nice. Let me go get my handkerchief. Come on. Yeah. So uh, I worked for them for about a hundred days. Oh uh, wow! Okay. Yeah, and then they cut me loose. Uh, and conveniently, the guy that, um, great name, uh, John, super great guy, mm -hmm. he interviewed me at Allied, got me the job there. He left the company before I started, mm -hmm. and then when I left, they put in a call to him, and he told me to come interview with him over at ProTech, yeah. and then I've been working at ProTech. I was the last apprentice um, for ProTech before they got bought by ADT, got it. and then ADT just kind of acquired all of us, and we're like, well, let's just see how ADT actually yeah. they bought Aronson ASG first mm -hmm. and then they merged Brotech and ASG together it was like you guys start playing together <laughs> I was like okay well, well, yeah. is this when they put you guys in a jar with holes and then they shake it up real violently <laughs> well to their credit they mm -hmm. were very hands off from like the service and install side they're like we don't want to ruffle any feathers because mm -hmm. you guys are doing a good job that's you know why we're buying the company sure um, and we want you to sort of help us see what we can do to make our side better. Okay. Like when that's nice. Yeah, when they purchased purchased Protech, ASG was not a fire location, mm -hmm. right? And then when ADT uh, merged us, they again had no idea what to do about fire. And then after a couple of years working with us, they went and bought Red Hawk, who right. was almost exclusively fire. Yeah, so. and that's the for those who don't know, Red Hawk's a pretty big entity up in the sound area, right? Aren't they from? They're kind of all over the West Coast. They're all over the West Coast. And don't quote me on this, but I think they're, it's one of those weird things where there are two separate Red Hawks oh, and boy. they acquired one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so when you start getting into the nitty gritty of the names, it's like, all right, which one is this? Cause like, one spelled <laughs> with two Ds for my double dose of pimping. No, that's a weird thing. <laughs> well, it's yeah. like with ProTech when I worked there, mm -hmm. there are at least three other companies named ProTech. Anytime I go to like Platt to get something, they're like, which one are you? <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. I thought there was just one. No, there was... Um, there was another uh, actual electrical outfit named ProTech. Okay. Uh, and I think there's one with a K. I'm not even sure what oh, they do. Oh, okay, I get it. So a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the ProTech that we all know. Yeah, and oddly enough, I was working another job, and they said I did some stuff on the job already. I'm like, no, this is my first day here. They're like, no, you're the, you're the low-voltage fire guy uh, named Adam. I'm like, yeah. It's like, yeah, you were here yesterday. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're like... And then I find yeah. out there's another Adam Garner who's another level. Oh, no kidding? <laughs> yeah. And God. I can introduce myself. I'm like, hey, brother. <laughs> Damn. And, and you guys know? No relation, no nothing. I ran into a Michael Brooks who mm -hmm. worked for uh, Harvey and Price, which is a sprinkler company mm -hmm. down south. And we were on the same job together. And his assistant said, this is Michael Brooks. And I said, yeah. And he goes, no, this is Michael Brooks. <laughs> I said, you? And he goes, yeah. I said, what? And we both looked at each other. We have no relation at mm -hmm. all. Just happened to both fall in the same industry. Well, kind of. And, and mm -hmm. I was doing, and actually I was doing alarms while they were doing sprinklers at the same mm -hmm. place. That's how we crossed. In Salem, of all places. In yeah. between the two. Yeah, when they say it's a small role, you, you know, you get it. And then you have an experience like that. And you're like, what is going on here? Yeah. Someone playing a prank on me. Yeah. He is so. handsome, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But I'm surprised, uh, you know, when I, because as you probably barely remember, I just started uh, with the apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm doing a little bit of, of substituting there, a couple mm -hmm. of classes right, so I've far. Seen you, I've seen you bouncing around there. Yep. Um, but I still remember you from when I went through the apprenticeship program. I was going to say, uh, the the hard part is that I, at this point now, it's like, it's like me and Dave and, and uh, Grant, mm -hmm. we know, like everybody knows us. And we're like, holy shit. Um, I don't remember exactly where I know you from. It could be America's Most Wanted. I don't know. <laughs> oh. so, you, so you went through my class? Yeah, you survived. were you were teaching fire. Yeah, and that was a zoo. Yeah, uh, <sighs> but at the time, and I don't know if this has changed. Mm -hmm. I actually had my nice set in fire before I even took your class. Before you took the class, I do remember that. Yep. Yep. So has that changed since I've been through it? Somebody else has done that. Uh, I don't know. I'm not teaching it right now. Uh, I haven't okay. taught it in a couple of years. Uh, Mike Baker's at nice yeah. at four, and um, Youngberg, Gary Youngberg, started teaching it, and mm -hmm. I backed out. Because there's no reason for me to, you know, I'm only gonna I'm step only, on their toes. I'm only two. I'm only this high. <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't, I don't need to teach. You know, they. I needed them to. I needed new blood in there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know too many other folks who who have it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And who have got before they ever went through the class. I think maybe one more. I do remember there is a, there is at least one more I remember. And no, I think there was, I think, one more, but I mm -hmm. couldn't tell you what class it was. Uh, anyway, it's, it's a. I probably passed with a C. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that class, that particular book and that courseware, we reworked and reworked and reworked, and it's still being reworked so that it's, it's kind of trimmed down correctly. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, always, a, always a work in progress. It really, really is. Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you teaching for us now? Uh, I've just done a couple of classes um, for Dave, helped mm -hmm. him with his code class, code. Uh, which ironically, I really enjoyed teaching. Really? I did not enjoy going through it the first time. <laughs> but you love it. You love the teaching. Yeah. Um, that I was really surprised because I was thinking, oh, it's going to be so dry and boring. Mm -hmm. But I get up there and it was actually a lot more fun than I thought. Yeah. So. I, I enjoy teaching and, and every once in a while I'll have a, you know, one of these moments where I kind of sit back and go what the hell am I doing mm -hmm. but uh for the most part you know I, I I enjoy the hell out of it and it's a lot of fun but this term I partnered up with Baker so that I could he could learn specialized controls how to teach it and I realized that I ad lib ad nauseum about different things to try to pique the interest of the student to try to mm -hmm. keep the student's interest because if you just stuck if you just stuck with the textbook and my voice, I could, I can drone people to sleep. I, I mean, in nothing flat. Getting a little sleepy over here. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? But so uh, that's where I go into the history and you know, like my other mm. specialty kind of studies, kind of go, hey, you know, this is how this all came about. No. no, but uh, from when you guys first moved to the campus, I remember helping set up a little bit of the lab. Mm -hmm. And, you know, going back there now, it's like it's come a long way. Yeah. And I hope they get a lot more lab time because that's what I missed the most. I would like to see that as well. And I'd like to see the fire lab like be like dialed in, mm -hmm. you know, like where it's just where it's, it's better than it is because it's really kind of pieced together. But it's not the way 
I would like it to be. And um, that takes time and energy and effort. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that uh, I don't know that a new instructor coming on like like Gary and Mike have the the time to 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 really go out there and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to wind up. You know, it be, could be something you could jump into if you wanted to. I mean, we got an EST three sitting there that uh, Colton gave us from a couple of years ago. I don't have the program. I don't have the knowledge. Not many people do have the program. No, no so. but if we could just get it up and running oh, so yeah. that people could see it self map and you know do some of its functionality, I think that would be great. But at the same point in time, you know, the only people going to work on a three is a three. It's a three tech. I mean, and three is now discontinued. So is it now obsolete? Like all the five thousand series crap that's hanging on the wall. Well, the EST will still service threes for a little bit longer. Yeah, it's but, true. But two or less, it's like even called export. They're like, go buy something else. Click. <laughs> <laughs> get off. So, uh, how did you get into the security side of the house? Was it through Protech? Yeah. So the nice thing about Protech um, was they were all service. Mm-hmm. So I got to learn access control, security, cameras, fire, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked on DMP, Bosch, Radionics, DSX. Um, <laughs> there's so many that I can forget all the acronyms after mm-hmm. a certain period of time. But I think uh, what I have learned, which I need you know, hammer home for a lot of other people, is once you get the basics down, they all work the same way. Sure, they've got their own like individual mm-hmm. little quirks, but I mean, you know how to pick up a meter. All right, you can go work on a security system. Mm-hmm. You know inputs and outputs. Okay, you can go work on an access system. Thank you for saying that yeah, because that is that is something I stress in, in specialized controls that think about mm-hmm. things as a PLC. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's it because it's it's got gazins and gazouts and something that control the gazins and the gazouts. And yeah. a backup power source. Yeah, if like, it's UL listed, it's a fire. If it's, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, you want us to do something? All right, well, that doing something is an output. There you go. Well, okay, how do you make that output do something? Well, it's got to have some sort of controlling input. Well, how there does it go. do that? L- logical relay. That's it. The, yeah. it it's, it's mind-numbingly simple once you brace it down, uh, break it down to bass, brass tacks. Mm-hmm. But so many people just get so afraid of things. They're like, oh, I, I don't want to touch this. I don't really know about it. You hit it right <laughs> on the head. Fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I can already tell uh, you don't have that fear. Like you're no. coming into the situation forward. Well, I, I like to say there, there are three things that any technician or anybody, period, needs to really be successful. Okay. Number one, they need the means. Yeah. Simple. You need the right program. You need a meter. You need a screwdriver. You know mm-hmm. the means. Then you need the opportunity. You can't really do anything if you don't have the opportunity, right? Even if you have to go make it yourself. Okay. And then the will. Those three things. If you can get those three things, you can make anything work. There you go. So if you don't so have, so let's the, review that. Mm-hmm. So the means, mm-hmm. right? The tools, the training. Yep. The equipment. The 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 opportunity. Yeah, like you said, I can't go, you know, program an EST panel without specific program. Right, without the program. So I'm not, I'm, hands are tied for a few things. I mm-hmm. might be able to wiggle my way around things depending on what the problem is, but perfect example. You know, you're going to yeah. go work on a circuit, 
a meter is probably a good idea. <laughs> probably going to need one of those. Yeah. And then the will. That's the biggest one, I think. I have, um, I've worked with enough guys, uh, and generally speaking, within the first four hours of working with a guy, mm -hmm. I can tell whether or not they actually have any willpower to do this job seriously or not. Because I've seen a lot of guys will let's say treat it as a job instead mm -hmm. of a career um, and they don't really take things seriously. Um, you know, they learn enough to sort of, let's say, cheat the system. Mm -hmm. Get by. Yeah, like a big one. Hey, where do you put uh, EOLR? Mm -hmm. Exactly where it stands for at the end of the stinking line, <laughs> right? But where do you see half of them tied into the panel? Right. It's like, right. we're just, we're not doing things right. I, I, I can't I can't disagree with that. And you know, it, as I will admit here, I'm mm -hmm. partially at least responsible for training the guy in the booth behind me. Oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. He's problematic. Oh, isn't he though? It's yeah. terrible. Yeah, much. Uh man, I'm gonna ask my train of thought because it was just start back. You said that you're <laughs> partially responsible for training the guy behind us, but yeah. you're able to tell like I, if they have that will mm -hmm. to to stay on point or not. Yeah. And what I'll tell him is we all have what I would call your 4.30 on a Friday calls, mm -hmm. right? It's like, uh, you know, I just, I want to go home. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm not thinking with a clear head. And I've been there. You've been there. He's mm -hmm. been there. We've all been there. And I can forgive that, right? As long as you come back the next day and you, you kind of take care of the situation, or at least you get your customer to a a good standard before you walk away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's the important part, especially in the fire or nurse call or, you know, mm -hmm. life safety stuff. Well, I mean, even with security too, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, because you can't leave a place unsecure. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Especially but, nowadays. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're crawling through everything. Where are we? Portland? Yeah. yeah. That's not right. <laughs> Big um, God. It's, it's interesting. It is. It is insane. So, um, but there, there's some guys out there that they have that attitude all the time. And mm -hmm. it's the, uh, another journeyman gave me this phrase, can't see it from my house. It's like, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't care if you can't see it from your house. Did you do a good job? Yeah. Did you yeah. leave the place? Yeah, better than when you found it. Better than the way you found it. Yeah. yeah. And I've gotten weird, weird compliments just for doing tiny little things. Mm -hmm. Like it was a um, quick little job just down in Lake Oswego. Uh, I made a bit of a mess, so sure. I went hunting for a broom and sweeped up my mess. Oddly enough, owner of the building walks through and he sees me doing that, mm -hmm. and he's like, "You know, hey, who are you?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm you know a guy working on your system here." He's like, "Why are you sweeping up?" I'm like, "Oh, I made a mess." He's like, "Hmm, you want a job?" <laughs> it's like, what? People are handing them to you. Yeah, and you know, little things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, it makes a huge difference, though. Yeah, it so. makes a huge difference if if the client mm -hmm. knows, like if you, I, I I teach that sometimes it's not fixing the panel, it's fixing the client. Like if I yeah. go up and I know what the problem is, the panel, I okay, I can you know we can figure this out. Then I then then what's going on with the client? <laughs> if I can spend well, that time with the client and then fix the panel, it's like. Hey, look, two things. That is huge in both security and access. Um, so you can do the all the technical training, and you can make it the most like brilliant, bulletproof, amazing system. Mm -hmm. And then you put a client in front of it, and it all goes sideways. South. And it's like, okay, well, what happened? I'm like, well, 
did you talk to them before you set up the system? They're like, what? No, I did it according to the specs. It's like, don't do that. Because mm-hmm. you know, your PM is going to give you a set of specs. And you should know, you know, technically speaking, everything you're doing, and you mm-hmm. should know why. Then you should go talk to your customer and say, hey, I just want to get on the same page as you. This is what the PM is telling me to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not questioning it, but I'm like, hey, you know, this means that you have to use the system in this particular way. Is that how you're going to do it? You know, yeah. let's just say like you're doing a security system, right? And generally speaking with security systems, um, let's keep it pretty basic. Mm-hmm. You've got a perimeter and then you've got an interior. So you got some doors, you got some motions, glass breaks, that kind of thing. Generally speaking, there's going to be an exit entry point. Mm-hmm. Probably the front door. Okay. Well, the guy who is opens always uses the back door. All right. Are you going to force that employee to now go to the front every single time? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to make both points entry exits? It's a very simple thing to have a quick discussion on with your client and your customer and figure that stuff out so you can build and program the system to their specifications. Nice. What we call... Um, controlling the culture because sometimes you have to make the client kind of do something specific mm-hmm. like with fire system clients don't get really get to really touch fire systems right. for obvious reasons yeah but access to and do nothing for yeah. every year <laughs> it's like this thing does its job and don't touch it mm-hmm. you get to hit the silence button and then you get to call me <laughs> with an access system you're like i'm gonna give you everything because mm-hmm. it's your system. You got to control, you know, who comes in your building. You got to control when you got to take somebody's credentials out because you just fired them. Mm-hmm. With a security system, same thing. I'm going to have my access code to work on the system, but I'm never going to come in your building without you knowing about it, even if it's an on-call situation or an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. And I need to know how you're intending on using the system. Nice. So... Because um, that happens all the time, right? You build the perfect system, and suddenly they're calling you, and it's like it's just not working. Right. Your, your system's awful. I'm gonna go get another person. I'm gonna, gonna rip go your... to another company because this doesn't work right. It's yeah, like, oh boy. And it's it's a very simple conversation. It's like, all right, well, let's let's see what's not working and why. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, the store's not working. Okay, well, what's it doing? Right? You, you you talk to them about the culture that they have. You talk to them about the problematic employees that they have that are mm-hmm. always breaking the system say okay how do we need to, to work around this do we need to force an issue and say um, you know you guys need to go and do some retraining because they're never allowed to come in this door without specific credentials mm-hmm. or you're going to make make it a time schedule or something so they can in certain instances and not in other instances or maybe managers the only people that can come in here mm-hmm. So having those conversations, even if, you know, your PM and your manager have already had them, just talk to them again, because maybe suddenly they have thought of something new, like, oh, hey, yeah, Steve from accounting, that guy, always crawling in the window. Don't get it. Uh, I'm glad you're an instructor. I'm glad you're moving into that program. You've got the right mind for this. You've got a lot of energy, but you've just, in a very short amount of time, We've talked about the means, the opportunity, the will, uh, customer service skills, and controlling the culture. Like you just hit on five topics that 
I didn't ask you for, you know, other than the, the to lead in, and you had just encapsulated what every technician, you know, every technician listening to this podcast should either already know or have in their in their pocket. They should have those already. And if they don't, then that's where they should be moving towards that. Mm-hmm. So you're spot on. It's nice to see that much energy. It really is. Yeah, you say energy, and the guy behind me be like, don't ever give him coffee, because he can get very <laughs> strong sometimes. I try to mellow out every now and then, but I even get I get frustrated. I get a you know? Yeah. Because I, 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 can, I can conflict pretty quick with, with folks when things don't go side, when things go sideways. Uh, not physical or anything like that, but if uh, someone ties something to my system and it's not right, you know, and I have to go and f- un- unscrew it or figure it out, you know, I'm the kind of guy that goes, do you, "What did? What exactly do you do here for me? For <laughs> us? You know, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an electrician. Okay, show me because this isn't what electricians do." And they're like, "Oh." You know, you just punch me in the nose. No, this is the way I expect it to be. This is the way I would do it. This is the way he would do it. This is the way the guy down the street would do it. Well, this is the way you're going to do it if you want to touch this thing. And that's, and they're like, oh, well, you're coming off like an arrogant prick. No, in this case, like for where I work now, I own the system. The system is mine, it belongs to my company you're mm. contracted to work on it. You have mm. to be this tall to ride this ride. If you're not this tall to ride this ride, I don't want you touching it. And they're, get this tall or get out. And they're, yeah. they're like, I don't want this kind of battle. Okay, then let's start from the beginning. If you're gonna work on the system, right? Mm-hmm. Then by the time we get to this point, it should be completely flawless. Like just like it was if you put a brand new system in. I should yeah. have no grounds. I should have no shorts. I should have all my stuff talking, all addressed correctly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then we're just gonna tie the wires together and guess what's gonna happen? Bingo, it's gonna go green, it's gonna work perfectly. And I even teach my own apprentice that. And so it's like, that's the standard we want. And I'm not trying to be an arrogant prick. I'm saying if you always wire to that standard and you always program and install to that standard, you won't have anybody chasing you down the street with a, you know, and that, with an ax. That's the tough part is we, we have this lovely thing called the NEC and the NFPA and, you know, all the, all the books. I've heard of those. Yeah. Yeah. They're little tiny <laughs> things we have to, we have to study in every now and then. Uh, and it, it's always an interesting conversation because is that the minimum standard? Yes, yeah. with a big asterisk next yeah. to it. <laughs> so as, as I you know, train new guys, I say, look, first you have to understand the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. Then you can understand the spirit of the law. And everything is open to interpretation, even says it in the code book. I'm not saying you interpret it how you want, mm-hmm. but you have to understand why it's there and work within and potentially around it, depending on the circumstance. And um, not everybody's okay with that. I agree. (laughs) Um, And it's, it was quite interesting, you know, coming in as a fresh journeyman years and years ago, Mm -hmm. because, you know, what advantage does a fresh journeyman have? Current codes. 
So you yeah. you're up to snuff on all the current requirements. Yeah, now some jurisdictions will you know change what requirements they want. They'll increase them. They'll lower them. They'll do whatever they mm-hmm. want, right? But working with the other guys, this is also a bit of a battle, and this is where Will comes in quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say that you might be a little confrontational there, and depending on how you phrase it out in the field with another guy, they'll probably interpret it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, something I taught a, a different um, technician was, if you ever find yourself in that kind of situation, take the onus on yourself to correct it. Mm-hmm. That immediately correct everybody else's perception of the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, perfect example. Mike, you're not listening. Versus, you know, we're having a bit of a breakdown. Let me try again. Mm-hmm. They were two different, two different yeah. approaches and a much softer one, the second one. Yeah, because I'm coming at it from a constructive Mm-hmm. Constructive process, right? Like I'm here to get something working or make something, um, you know, put in a new system, fix something that's broken, talk about a cultural issue, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I'm here to make it better mm-hmm. than when I got here. And I'm going to do that however I can, but a lot of times I'm not going to be able to do that by myself for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Had a, a lovely conversation with an HVAC tech recently because I went out and found out that, oh, hey, they want me to replace some batteries on a system for an inspection, but there's ground on the system. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I replaced the batteries. A lot of techs would be like, well, I've done my job. I'm going to take off. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. They, they haven't. I, I did math, Diff, trying to go get some coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, having that little, just little extra step, right? Like, hey, you saw something. Yeah. You know, like, you walked away from it. Yeah, and that, that's on you. So I was like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check this out. Uh, keep a long story sort of shortish. Mm-hmm. Uh, found out that there was some interesting wiring done by somebody else, mm-hmm. and luckily they didn't blow up my panel, but they did introduce 24 AC back into one of my circuits. Ooh. Luckily, Ooh. wow! Yeah, luckily wow. it was just creating. On SLC, this was on um, a conventional circuit. Okay. No, so yeah. thankfully it wasn't. Didn't lose its mind. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I was actually quite impressed that it didn't happen. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so That's like, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, this is That's nice. Bulletproof system right there. Yeah, because I go, you know, I go up and I'm. You know, still young enough and spry enough to go crawling around some mm-hmm. pretty uncomfortable places. And I'm just looking at this stuff going, I don't, this looks weird. You know, why would they do it this way? Right? And then I go elsewhere and I'm like, oh, I got to take this spice apart. And right when I grab the spice, I go, ugh. Okay. <laughs> I think I know what's wrong. <laughs> this should not be energized to the point where it bites me. <laughs> And I come down, and I'm like, all right, I think you I... made that noise, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I did. Because, uh, you know, big pet peeve of mine, wire nuts. Okay. Yeah. Don't like them? No, love them. Love them. But... What the, colors? Which which ones do you use? I use all of them. Okay. I go down to the tiny blues all the way to the giant blacks. Just kind of depends on, you know, circumstance. I love tans. Yeah, they're I'm, nice. I'm in love with tans. <laughs> they're oh pretty God. good. But here, here's a lovely thing that they don't really talk about, and this is a wonderful standard that I'm going to put out into the into sure. the world here. There's some guys that will take two wires, and they'll put them in parallel, and they'll put a wire nut on it, and they'll do a half turn. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, all right, it's good. So 
what? No. And there are other guys who will do the same thing, and they'll take that, and they'll turn it, and they'll turn, turn it, and turn it, until so you have about six inches of yeah. twisted cable yeah. past the wire nut. And I'm like, why didn't you just make that thing permanent at that point? <laughs> Wire nuts are there so we can intercept them right. and work on the we system. We might be able to take this apart someday. So here, here's my suggestion to everybody. Mm-hmm. You put the wire in, you put the wire nut on, and you twist it until you get at least one turn on the exposed cable. There you go. Then you're good. That's a per- And no more. Yeah, yeah and no more. Yeah. You can, you're, that thing's never going to come apart yeah. without human intervention. And, and this is low voltage kids. I yeah. don't want to hear from the high voltage guys going, hey, you got to torque it till maximum torqueage. If we're, we're talking about talking maximum torqueage or what kind of wrench am I using? <laughs> I will You've seen this. the tools that they, the oh, high yeah. voltage guys use? Oh, yeah. Man. Okay. Like you're taking that stuff apart. Matter of fact, that's why my thumbs split. Just taking 16 gauge crap apart that high voltage guys have put together. See, that's why oh. I use a set of pliers. Yeah, break my force. Yeah, yeah. But it's just one of those uh, those standards. It's like, there's no real standard, and everybody's no. going to do it their same way. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've gone to jobs where it looks great, but again, they think they did a great job, and oh, it just came out of the wire nut. Or um, I forget what these connectors are called. Legos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I used to hate them. I love them with a passion of a thousand burning stars. Yeah. Because I would go to. Um, different locations and find well there's eight conductors connected to this and <laughs> isn't it convenient that one of them failed yes it's like well, what do you do I'm just going to take the whole thing apart and I'm just going to put a giant wire nut on it mm-hmm. yeah. but I've learned to be okay with them uh, in certain circumstances mm-hmm. uh, but that you know that's we, we started trip. using them and, and I, I might carry a little bag with the two and the three slots, and mm-hmm. then the and then tans and a couple of varieties of yeah. wire nuts. But I usually I usually try to stick to the the newest mm-hmm. the newest technology. I'm and a man. It makes my life yeah. so easy. It's I'm so a, easy. A proponent of terminal strips myself. I like those too. Uh, do mm-hmm. you use Phoenix or are you using are, are you using like like Phoenix or or Entrelock connectors or are you using the old the white ones with the I like, terminals on them? I like the white ones because I can cut them down a size uh-huh. so I can get a big old roll of them. Okay, so yeah. like the ones that you would use for uh, like um, a heat trace and heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll use those because I find their connections are pretty good. Mm-hmm. They and, are really good. <laughs> yeah, and I can uh, I can connect it in any configuration I want, yep. and you and can I cut can, them off, and I can cut them down to whatever I need. And uh, because I'm always attaching them in some you know fairly decent sized can to make my wiring look semi decent, mm-hmm. I can write the labeling right on next to the terminals. Yep. So I don't nice. have to do I don't labeling. have to do an extra yeah. Thank you. There's another hey That's here's enough. a standard that yeah. should exist. Let's label things, guys. Oh my god. If you touch it and you know what it is, label it. Yeah. Honest to God. Even if mm. it's something simple. Even mm. if it's just something like I was working on a NAC expander and these mm. are EST boosters mm-hmm. on a on a simplex system. So I, I I don't know how they got there. They just did. So there's nothing wrong with them. They're driving that's 20 years of hands in there. You'll see all kinds of manufacturers start slowly yeah, getting together. Yeah, well, they're pretty bulletproof boosters, but they're but they're driving uh, they're driving a third party system mm-hmm. like I don't know system sensor or something. I don't know what the heck they're driving, but um, so we just give an input, and we had one you know fail. So I looked at the label and it said fourth floor, 
So I go to the fourth floor and I'm scratching my head because none of those are having any troubles on it. So I went, oh, well, the label's probably, something's wrong with the label. So drop down, so I, I figure out which NAC circuit I'm working on, label all three NACs because no one had done that yet. Drop down to the second floor, no power. Okay, so I got a bigger issue bigger than me. Label those, you know. As I'm taking it out, the EOL falls out. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, hold on, I'll stop. You know, put it all back together again. Just quick tape label. You know, this is this is NAC circuit two or signal circuit two for for simplex stuff. And then uh, turn right around and got it all done. I'm like, okay. First thing I got to do, get back, make the label change, because I don't want anybody to have to do, go to the fourth floor when you really ought to go to the second. Mm -hmm. So I got all that stuff changed. Turn around, call the duty electrician, say, hey, you got no power. He shows up. He's like, yeah, no power. I said, okay, well, I, you don't need me over your shoulder. <laughs> have a nice day. Boom, out the door. So. You know, and I and it, it just even though it was just a simple call, hey, no power to the NAC panel. We're on battery. Opens up, tells you it's bad. Um, take the time if you're going to touch it to just identify something, yeah. even if it's something simple. And uh, interesting tip: don't always. And clearly, the handwritten ones don't trust those, and so you can verify them. <laughs> True, but I have learned. Don't trust the manufacturing labeling either. Oh, really? Yeah. Perfect example on a couple of SK panels. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some of them have onboard relays, right? Yep. If you notice on some of them, you look at the little cheat sheet that's on the inside of the panel and the relays that are there, mm -hmm. the cheat sheet has them swapped. Oh, no kidding. Mm hmm. And it, here's. I discovered these things. <laughs> I did not notice that. Yeah, because it's like, oh, relay one, you know, here's your trouble relay, relay mm -hmm. one and relay two. Okay, that makes sense. And you look at the panel and it says, trouble, relay two, relay one. What? Awkward. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or uh, I I will give credit to these panels, uh, mm -hmm. SKPS6s. Mm -hmm. um, they're nice panels. I like them. They've got, um, you know, conventional notification system, uh, but you can use them for a lot of different uh, different needs. Um, and they've got individual circuit controls via dip switches, mm -hmm. which is super handy because I've gotten to some pretty complicated systems that were haberdashed in Frankenstein over the last 20 years. And they're like, hey, can you make this building sink? Mm -hmm. It's like, um, how much money do you have? <laughs> this is going to take a no long time. Yeah. And then they go, well, why? Because well, it's never done. But back to the panel for a second. The original panels that they came out with didn't properly label the ins and outs of the trigger circuit. Okay. And here's what's frustrating. You would think that there'd be some sort of reasonable, logical assessment you could make based on other panels, mm -hmm. right? You got your in and your out. You got four connections. Take a guess. Two in, two out. Well, yeah, but where are they? Oh, you would think they'd be next to each other. No, they are. Okay. But they're staggered. Oh. So your, your incoming are the two inside okay. terminals, positive on top, negative on bottom. And then your outbound are the two out ones flipped. No. Yeah. Which which model is this again? This is SKPS6. Now, no again, kidding. I've got to look at that. I to their credit, huh. they have finally labeled them. 
because yeah. people, including me, when I first got this and it wasn't labeled, I was like, how am I creating a short on this system? <laughs> I do not get <laughs> it. You got, yeah, because you've got a back which you're like, what did I do wrong here? Yeah, because of course- Because the polarity is reversed, yeah. Well, because the original labels just said, here's your trigger. Mm-hmm. It didn't say which one was in, which one was out. So, but it was pretty simple, right? All right. Generally speaking, it's yeah. a reverse voltage. So you just apply a voltage and see what happens, right? Right, right. See what goes on. Hey, I emptied the building. All right, let's flip <laughs> it over. Wrong. Okay? Uh, but the other two were just labeled EOL. And yeah, and there and there's no polarization, so you don't know which way it's going to go. Exactly. So uh. I, I had a lovely conversation with one of their tech support guys. I'm like, you guys have got to label this. This they've, is awful. They've kind of, I'm going to link this product up because it's, it's uh, I, I thought I knew which one you were talking about, but I don't think I do. So I've got to see that. I know that uh, I've worked on like wheel lock mm -hmm. uh, power supplies <laughs> where they have this, the, the double sets of contacts or yep. the, you know, where the, the terminal box are, man. You start wiring in those things, and it's just like, what the hell is going on here? There's just stuff everywhere. But there at least, at least you can figure it out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But that would that would throw you for a loop. Yeah. So uh, you know, when we go back to labeling, always double check. You know, yeah. get that pesky little meter could, out. Could have gotten it wrong. <laughs> hey, Mike here. I just want to do a quick shout out to all of our listeners. Now, listen, it's been a wonderful couple of months getting the show moving and we have seen a ton of growth, right? You guys are doing your part. People are downloading. You're telling people that's super important to get this podcast on the map. Okay. We've got good lineup of folks coming in the studio and the biggest thing that I want you to know is that I want to hear from you, 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 the person listening to this. All right. You want to be a part of this show. You want to talk about tips and tricks. You want to talk about things that you've learned in the trade. You want to talk about how this has changed your life. You want to talk about stuff like that. Send me an email. Okay. It's halfwattpod at gmail.com. And I'm interested in hearing about people who are in the union and people who are not in the union and people who are technicians and people who do alarm work, and people who do camera access work, stuff like that. It doesn't just have to be fire alarm monkeys it could be anybody all right so let's talk about this so that people can realize that this is a career that will change their life oh yeah i and now i'm back working on just a sole uh brand for the most part um there are some exceptions but most of that's most of it's all simplex so it's like now i'm going back to just where my brain is focused on each type of system and its nuances, pluses and minuses that I'm dealing with. Uh, that is kind of a, a relief in one way, but I can tell that I'm starting to lose my skill sets on these other competitive panels because I don't ever see them anymore. And it's only been a couple of years, so it's like. Well, I have, uh, a, my track record with these things is, is somewhat unique because mm -hmm. I have lost count of how many times I have heard other people say, well, that's not possible. Mm. Like, well, guess what? It just became possible because that's yeah. what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, um, and and then you start learning things that even the, the tech support guys don't know. And mm -hmm. then you have to give them that feedback. And it's like, this is what I saw. This tell, is what I saw yeah, do. Yeah. Tell, tell new technicians. And then you start having to remember on a, a persistent basis, right? It's like, yeah. okay, I'm working with... Um, Simple example, DMP. Mm -hmm. All right, how do I get into programming that? Well, I got to use the jumper. 
Right. Okay. How do I get into programming on a DSX? Well, um, got to generally speaking, get a laptop connected or through Ethernet or something, mm-hmm. so I can get the access or the programming. Uh, how do you get into any different kind of system? It's like, all right, well, this one works this way and this one works the other way. And anytime I get phone calls, and it, it, I'm sometimes confused because you know I answer my phone. It's the mm-hmm. work phone. I don't know who's calling me. It could be a customer. And then, uh, you know, I'll get a phone call and be like, hey, uh, you know, is this Adam? I'm like, yeah, you know, who's this? Oh, hey, I'm, you know, this tech down in California. Like, (laughs) okay, what can I do for you? (laughs) Why are you calling me? It's like, well, I got your name and, uh, you know, some insight um, Mm -hmm. to look into this and how do I do this? I'm like, all right, you're going to have to give me about five minutes because I'm going to have to remember exactly how that specific system works, but I will get you there. Do you keep notes or do you just have it in your head? Uh, I did start a cheat sheet. Um, it's still it's still available um, for like little quirky things, and I realize I'm gonna have to do that because uh, you know, in the event of my untimely death, well, all my information <laughs> is gone, right? And then everybody else is gonna be t- completely screwed. Yeah. Because yeah. um, those are helpful, though. I mean, when when you have when you've, you've written it down and and you have some sort of you know network you can share it with, or cloud based thing that you can share it with the technicians that can keep hacks yeah. and. Because we did that at PSI, we had you know a shared resource that, hey, we're out here and we, this is the access code for this one or this is, yeah, know, some little I th- secrets. I think you touched on this on a, a previous show because you know I'm trying to support this show. Yeah, thank when, you. When you guys aren't talking about really weird things, I know, us. I know. Sometimes they <laughs> go off the rails, but yeah. Yeah. but uh, you made a great point. Um, I don't see a lot of information sharing on like an individual level. Yeah. So when I notice that myself, if I go out and generally, I can say that I'm a service tech. Mm-hmm. What most people say is when things start going weird or they don't know what to do, mm-hmm. to call me. Because I walked into manager's office once and she just shook her head. She's like, what do you want? You always get the complicated ones. I'm like... You guys give them to me. What do you want me to do? (laughs) But I will uh, figure out what happened, Mm -hmm. especially if another tech is involved, and I will call that tech, and I will talk to them about it. Excellent. I'm like, number one, you're never going to know unless I tell you. And that's the most frustrating part for a lot of my stuff is I'll hand it off to somebody else, and I'll never know if my theory was right Right. or if it was wrong or they found something else and that's frustrating because like I'm trying to be smarter every day yeah. as I can tell me what you found you know yeah and just like little tips and tricks mm-hmm. um, had a had a new tech start with us uh, he went out to a job intermittent trouble mm-hmm. okay you get out there and you find oh it's an intermittent notification circuit so yeah. my brain immediately goes I'm gonna go touch the batteries yeah. why am I gonna go touch the batteries if they're hot, they're mm-hmm. bad. Okay. They burn themselves out. If you don't have an amp meter, that's a really good tip. They should be cool to the touch. If mm-hmm. they're anything more than room temperature, boom, you're done. Dump them. Yeah, put a new set on. Okay. And I did that. Took me five minutes. He was out there for like two hours and couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I'd be to call him. I'm like, hey, have you, you know, what? what's your thought process, mm-hmm. right? How did you... Was Spend it on a NAC time. panel? Was it on, a, on yep. a NAC expander? Okay. Yep. But I've encountered that in all other kinds of systems too, mm-hmm. right? They're like, oh, we're suddenly getting this weird erroneous signal and we can't figure it out. Yeah. Okay. You heard of the acronym KISS? 
Mm-hmm. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you always got to start with the basics, right? I, I, had a, I had a tech do that on a 5820 where he came out, and, you know, the 5820 starts to fail. An SK5820 fails, the uh, power supply starts to tick. Mm-hmm. And so he pulled the SLC off, did a bunch of stuff, and as he reconnected it, didn't have any alarms on it. It went into alarm. And, it, of course, it lit the whole building up and dumped it. It was a medical mm-hmm. building. And, and as I... As I came out to kind of, you know, talk to him, see what went on, he was truly baffled. And I said, well, you got a couple different things happening here. You got a power supply that isn't working. That's the ticking sound. He didn't know that, mm-hmm. you know, so because he had never worked on it before. And I said, the power, the batteries are probably toast. So, you know, when these things fail, the power supply is failing. The battery becomes like a big capacitor for it. And it's a mm-hmm. balance between how much the batteries can give up and how much the power supply is putting out, depending on the load that's going out in the field. When you loaded it down, it just made a judgment call. <laughs> it just said, I think the second floor is an alarm. Bam, and yeah. it calls it out. And it just doesn't know any better. It's it's doing its best, but its logic at this point is is faulty because it doesn't have enough voltage to operate. We need a new, we need a new panel, yeah. that's, the, that's the problem. you know. And he's like, I had no idea. I'm like, well, now, with that little bit of experience, you know, you walk into, you know, one of these units, any 5820 that's, that's ticking like that, you already know exactly what's going on now. That's mm-hmm. it. There's nothing you can do with power supplies, toast, get you another, get you another one, kid. Yeah. Put it in, you know, pull the program quick. <laughs> yeah. And and sometimes, uh, you know, it goes down to like the stuff that we're supposed to learn in school, you know, mm-hmm. Ohm's yeah. law, Cherkov's law, that kind of stuff. And then you realize, oh man, I'm applying this every single day without even realizing Without it. even thinking about it. Had Absolutely. A, I had a DMP system that was uh, controlling notification. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've worked on a lot of hybrid systems too. We don't do that in Oregon anymore. Thankfully. No, no. Yeah. So, Thankfully. Yeah. There's a lot of systems like, we can do everything. You can, but you can't do any of it very well. Yeah, you can do it all <laughs> poorly. Yeah. So this one, um, they, and again, we go back to what's appropriate and what's not, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to do a single control circuit, that would be a single circuit, right? Mm -hmm. You got your bell circuit coming off to control your notification. Mm -hmm. What does this panel do? Well, it's got two lines coming off of it. So, okay, well, how do you keep that system happy? You put the end of line on the panel. Right. On the second system. On the second circuit. No. Oh, at the panel. Yeah. They put it on the DMP because you had two circuits leaving. Where's where's it going to decide the ULRS? Oh, really? Yeah. So already we're doing more huh. than should be done appropriately, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things where you know, I'm not allowed to reinvent the wheel because that's going to take a lot of work and the customer's not going to pay for it and it's been there for 20 years and mm-hmm. I kind of just have to grip my teeth and bear it, you know, even though it's like I can fix this. Right, right, right. But it would take a lot more work. So um, resistors. Mm-hmm. It's in the name. It will resist the specific circuit that it's on mm-hmm. so it can control it appropriately. Well, what happens if they unland the resistor from that panel and it can't see the ULR anymore? Because in some sort of trouble condition. No. Or it turns alarm. It turns both the notification circuits on. Oh, really? Because the circuit is no longer resisting any of the outcoming voltage on it. And depending on the circuit that it's feeding, well, it could be nine volts only DC that it's mm-hmm. going to take to trip. 
and that resistor was holding back two volts. Oh, so once you take that voltage drop away, it's like yep, but, free. Yep, I'm good. Oh, no kidding. So, so security is a is a is a different animal. It really is. Well, uh, again, not really. They we go back to fundamentals, right? Mm -hmm. What is a security system? Let's just say a conventional system. Okay. Um, let's just take Bosch for example. Yeah. Even though I don't really like Bosch, but <laughs> <laughs> generally speaking, you've got. Uh, same basic stuff. You get your incoming power, mm -hmm. usually transformed. You know, generally speaking, sixteen uh, sixteen point five VAC coming off of a transformer you plug into a wall work. Okay. All right, and then you've got your batteries. Um, to this day, I have only ever blown up one panel. <laughs> I've, I've had many panels blow up because I introduced twenty four volts into a twelve volt system, mm -hmm. and that was my bad. So you know, be mindful when I say batteries. You got to make sure your connection the right voltage. These, these in series are parallel. Yeah, yeah. I, was... I, I did do that on a Vista once. I, I looked at it. They had four batteries on this Vista, and it's like I, I just did one of these double takes. I'm like, oh, 12 volts. Whew. God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, so yes, you guys... don't do that. And in... yep, you got your backup battery. So you know, spec it to the system. 12 volt system. One battery, people. One. 12 volt battery. Uno battery. Yeah. You got a 24 system? Well, two batteries in series. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then you've got your, again, we'll keep it basic, conventional system. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a panel, let's say eight zones-ish. You know, some have a little less, some have a little bit more. I'll just say eight. What are all those eight zones? Conventional circuits. Mm -hmm. So what are they going to put out? Eh, three to seven-ish volts, depending mm -hmm. on the system, because they only need that voltage to essentially calculate what's going on with the system and mm -hmm. take a look at the resistor and you know call it a day. So that's the same as a conventional fire system. Right? But why do they land the EOLs like at the panel half the time versus out in the field? Because that that's when I worked on security, and I meant I mean, you remember when we talked about Will? Yeah, these are guys who are like, it's not required, right? By okay, code. That's exactly what I thought. Because I would open it up because I've only worked on a couple of them. And I'm gonna go. Why do you think these would be here and not there? Yeah, and the guy like, I was working with said because you're a fire guy, and that's not the way security people think. And I went. And that's a that, problem. That doesn't answer my question, yeah. but I get it. Well, well, here's the thing. <laughs> the security system is supposed to protect the premises and yeah. get the cops out including there. The, including the, the circuit. Yeah, okay. What if I'm, let's just say, pr pretend I'm an intelligent person, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I can go, oh, I know how to manipulate this system, and I can go intercept the circuit and make it clean mm -hmm. and go... Take care of whatever break door. Into the yeah, door. Break into the door. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, you, and again, this is like when people know enough to be dangerous, but they mm -hmm. don't care enough to do it right. The end of line resistor exists there to supervise the circuit appropriately. Right. We force it on fire because it's a life safety system, but there's absolutely no reason that I can fathom why you wouldn't do it on a security system. That's what I thought too. And okay. every every security Good. system that I've installed, I've done it appropriately mm -hmm. because that is the most secure way you can do it. Yeah. Because if you go, you know, if I go bridge, uh, take a couple of um, snips, and I go snip the cable and I short it there, the rest of that cable 
it's whatever I want it to whatever be. Whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. But if I did that with the EOLR there, I would immediately get the alarm state. Yep. So I've secured the building and the system better than any other technician has simply by following appropriate procedures. Nice. And it frustrates the crap out of me because, okay, you're, let, let's say they're not doing what most security guys do now, which is lick and stick. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying lick that's wrong. Stick. I'm not saying that's wrong or anything like that. But, you know, when you, when you want a building let's say like a warehouse and you're mm -hmm. covering 15 doors lick and stick ain't gonna cut it yeah. right especially when you start to talk about roll-up doors and there there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything well actually there's 99 wrong ways to do something <laughs> <laughs> so um, you're gonna have to wire them correctly mm -hmm. and uh, each one is going to be on its you know much like fire systems security systems can be intelligent too so they'll have their own versions of modules mm -hmm. And then you'll, um, you know, you basically have a polling loop, and then you'll go and wire those. You'll still wire the resistor at the end because, again, you're trying to make the system huh. as, as secure, secure as, as possible. possible yeah. yeah. And if you don't, that's a choice that the technician is making to do a half-ass job. Got it. Now, there's one exception to this rule because mm -hmm. everything's got an exception, right? You go do a takeover. You do not know how anybody ran the cabling, and you do not know where the resistor is because mm -hmm. you went out in the field and you can't find it, and you can't find it at the panel. Well, now I got to do a takeover, and I got to change one EOL to another value. Right. All right. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, we go back to what we learned. Like, all right, I got to put some resistors together right. and make it work <laughs> to make it make it somehow. The yeah. right resistance, either add resistance to it in series or yep. put something parallel with it. Or So that's the one exception that even I, I, that. I have done because it's like I can't find this thing physically. And yeah. we're in like, you know, 500,000 square foot warehouse. And, and, and I could see that being a bit, that, that yeah. would make a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. That would make more sense to me than, than and, and like I said, my experience was very limited. So, I mean, I, I could, I don't think I've worked on more than three or four security panels. Mm -hmm. at, in my life, uh, I have worked on the hybrids that played fire and played security, and I was working on the fire side before I Hulk smashed it. But <laughs> you know, it was just like you know, as soon as it came to the security side, I'm just like I just became a complete imbecile. I'm like I have no idea how this works. You know, put mm -hmm. this code in. You know, especially on a Vista, put this code in twice and, and enjoy your life. And oh, this is. Mm. Tyler loves Vistas. I mean, Vistas are fun. Oh, you got him! You got him in the booth. He's all jumping up and down like a drunken monkey. No. <laughs> yeah, he he had a wonderful learning experience when I had to teach him. They're how fun. Work. No, oh. no, they're not. God. They're awful. But I um, but I appreciate the fact that they you know what they do, and I've mm -hmm. done some a little bit of access control programming for stuff, but only like for our own building kind of thing mm -hmm. you know mostly if i had to add a security system i'd have one of my techs come out and do whatever it is you make it do so it, yeah it works well like you talk about security systems and access control systems mm -hmm. um so you know the difference between an access system and an access control system no all right Explain. so so um your standard quote-unquote access system mm -hmm. basically gets you into the building. Okay. You know, pretty standard. You got your card reader, you got your lock. Okay. That's it. Because all they care about is just, we want to have a little bit more security. We don't want people just 
walking in willy-nilly and we don't really care about the rest of it. Okay. Access control system, you want to know everything. So that's where your Rex comes in. That's where okay. your, that um, makes sense. Uh, your door contact. So comes the terminology in. really is access control or access, one of the two, not yep. both. Yeah. yeah. Because um, surprisingly, some people know and some people don't, you can have certain systems do more than one thing. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of DMP systems out there that are doing security and access at the same okay. time. So they have that capability if you know how to control now it. That, that I'm somewhat familiar with because we did have a DMP system at PSI and it did have it had an access. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had an access on it as well because yeah. we used it to go in and out the front doors and stuff. But. but again, this is, you know, going back to the cultural thing. Like, uh, you know, you really, really have to talk to your customers about their intention mm-hmm. and how they want to, quote unquote, control the system, right? So you got big, big clients They've got super secure buildings. They want access control because they want to know who's coming and going. They want to know how long the door is open for. Mm -hmm. They want to know whether or not it was forced. So, you know, for those that don't know, if I tape a door, because, you know, we do that all the time so we can come and go and we can kind of keep the system secure. I got to go get some stuff in my truck. I'm going to tape the door, come back. You know, if I pull that door open without a appropriate card read, mm-hmm. that sends a forced door, mm-hmm. so they know. Or um, big one, they don't like people holding doors open for other people, right? Because they want to know every single every person single that's Every single soul has come through the door, sure. Yeah, so if you go and badge in and the door's open for like 15 seconds, they're gonna call you and go, what, uh, what's going on? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So um, every, every system, needs to be designed and controlled differently. So a lot of people interchange access and access control, and they do fundamentally work the same way, you know, card read lock, mm-hmm. but one just gives you a hell of a lot more control Right, because up on the hill, that's what we have is access control, because mm-hmm. you can, which which I love, because it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I, don't have to, I don't have to use my keys. We have mm-hmm. Medco keys, so it's like, you know, that's yeah. when you have to open and close, unlock 100 oh. doors in a day, it's like, the access control is like, yes, look at that. I got access here. Or, ow. Yeah. Here's a great tip, though. In. Even if you install a fantastic system like that, please put in a key override. Yeah. They do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have worked in some places that didn't. Ooh. Oh, and they just go crazy and lock themselves up and you can't get in? Yeah. Uh, I went. I once did an on call. Uh, I, was, I, I was super frustrated. Where by is this. the control head at in that door? <laughs> yeah, it, it was just about that. Uh, you know, I live south of Portland, and I get a call from a customer down in Salem. And I'm like, hey, we need you to go take a look at a system. It's like eight o'clock at night. I'm like, it's going to take me half a hour to get there. You know, what exactly am I looking for? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a power outage. That's what our access system is saying. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, if you call me right away, no problem. I can get there. The battery backup is probably fine. They're like, well, (laughs) we knew about it at 6 a.m. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm like, oh, and it's fail secure. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Number one, why didn't you call? Exactly. Why are you calling me? No. Yeah. 14 hours later. Ugh. And I'm like, ah. this is, I could already hear this one coming. I'm like, you do, you guys do realize that there's a good chance I'm not going to be able to get into the building. They're like, well, we got to try it, right? I'm like, okay, well, okay, sure. let's just go down and do it. Sure enough, I drive all the way down there. 
I get, um, and there's the card here flashing. So I'm like, hey, it's good. It still has enough juice to flash. Mm-hmm. That That's yeah. okay. It might, it might have enough. So I call the remote guy back and I'm like, all right, I'm at the building. Go ahead and let me in. No. <laughs> Not enough juice to pull the, no. <laughs> to open the lock. It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Uh, you have a key? <laughs> I, I see a key override. Do you have a lockbox anywhere? Ah, uh, no. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. There's not much else I can do. He's like, no worries. The manager will be in the morning. He's got the key. Like, why am I here? <laughs> you realize I'm going to charge you, people. I'm going to charge you like a thousand dollars. Yeah, for this experience. Yeah, for wasting everybody's time. Oh my god. I, that just brings back <clears throat> memories because we, uh, when I was a manager, it was almost a almost a, a, a bone of contention with the on-call techs that any jobs that they couldn't get to during the day would fall to the on-call tech. Mm. And so they sort of made it a point of, look, if we can't get to a service call and it can wait till the next day, we're not gonna send an on-call tech out at, yeah. at night to handle this issue. And then you get the client that calls up and says, well, you know, at eight o'clock this morning, exactly the same thing happened. This went in and, well, we sort of forgot to call and now we need you. And it's like, let me tell you the cost. Oh, I guess we can wait till tomorrow, you know, because it's that expensive to to go all the way through. But mm-hmm. uh, I once had a, um, I once had a tech, I, because I can work on sprinklers. I had to put a water flow switch in. I needed, I needed a to get the switch in, and it it was a. Uh, sometimes you get national accounts or mm-hmm. accounts that are handled by out, you know, south side agencies, and this was one of those with those issues. And uh, out of complete desperation and frustration, even as a manager, Weasel, I just grabbed my tools and <laughs> went and just installed this thing. Like, I couldn't take this anymore, you know? And I'm like, got this thing all the way installed and, and uh, got done. And the client looked at me and said, did you call the fire marshal? And I'm like, this is, and I didn't say this to him, but just a national account that I'm, that I'm stuck servicing after hours, but as a manager, I'm on salary. So there's no extra incentive here. Mm-hmm. I've done everything I can do. Your stuff is back up, it's running, it's 100%, it's golden. Here's the paperwork that says it's golden. Yeah, but did you call the fire marshal? I looked at this manager and I said, what fire marshal? <laughs> what are you talking about? It was the one that put me on fire watch and it says, who is it? Don't you know? How the hell would I know? <sighs> no, I didn't. Did I put you on fire watch? No. He put you on fire watch. Did he give you a card? Yeah. Did it has a fax on it? Does it have a fax number? And I go, yeah. I said, then take this document and fax it to him and take yourself off fire watch. <laughs> I'm not doing any more here. Not to, be a, not to be a customer service jerk, but it's like at some point I said, you, you are also a manager. We can speak in weasel ease, right? We can talk back and forth. You can get this all figured out. He's like, yeah, I could do that. I said, thank you. And that, it was like, and honestly, because we were not the company, we were not the servicing company. We were just, we were just the one that was like contracted to go fix the problem. Hmm. The rest of the whole rest of the, of the debacle, that's how these national service contracts work. Yeah. Like this company's in charge of that, that company's in charge of that. And we hire you to come in and just surgically come in and out. Mm-hmm. And the lines of demarcation are not clear. <laughs> and I'm just no. like, I got done. I was like, no. 
I no. mean, no, I'm not. I, no, I don't even know who the hell this person is. You can, you know how to fax. Have a nice life. Yeah, there, there's. God. That's always going to be a judgment call because there always. have been a lot of times, like you know, even on the install sites, they're like, "Well, who's responsible for this?" Well, I don't know. Is it in our contract? Yeah. No. no. Is it in somebody else's contract? No. No. It's like, well, and then I, I just take a look and go, all right, is this going to take me under 15 minutes? <laughs> Fine. I will do it because Fine. It, it will take 72 hours for the first email to be. <laughs> yeah, to you're be, right there. Like, nope, we're, we're not going to do this. I'm just going to get it done. Yeah. And we're we're going to get it done. But so. when I have, you know, when you're with dealing with your own clients and, and I've had some, I've had some good national service contracts and I've had some real upsetting ones, you know, like I was working with one when I was with Western and it was our own national service group, API, that handled it. And um, I was with uh, one of my apprentices I now work with and uh, we found out that in this, in this theater, there were 16 projectors and eight of them would not shut off during a movie, uh, during a, a fire alarm. Just eight flat out wouldn't do it. And uh, the more we got into it, the more we got into the weeds, we figured out that there were like different types of projectors with different types of of, of interfacing <laughs> criteria. Why not? <laughs> so, yeah. So some would just take an open to close set of contacts. Others actually had an RS-232 feed that I don't know how the hell that worked, you know? And, and, and some of these were... were were like um, kind of like kind of like open collector type mm. configurations okay. where they would receive a voltage and then they would do something. And I just like I, I, I eventually I got a hold of the projectionist and I'm like, they have tied and they and they did this. They actually tied the 24 volts from the fire panel through at least seven or eight projectors. And I didn't have ground faults. I had ground confusion. I had this thing which didn't know what it was doing. And when I finally, when I finally pulled the wire off, it was a voice evac system too. Pull the wire off, and I'm like, oh my god, the system stabilizes. I'm like, okay, my power's back because you know I'll, I'll look at the I'll look at the split bus with my meter, and we started tracing it out, and we were just like amazed at how how this thing had actually operated, having gone through two or three of these projectors. And then gone back to the panel. Well, you know, we're talking about labeling. <laughs> Whoever, whatever genius put all of those together should have labeled it. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I j worked with another HVAC guy recently where we both worked on the same building. Um, and there was some pretty interesting wiring, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And um, amazing to this guy's credit, he drew up a diagram and he... Um, stuck it right to the HVAC. Nice. So well any, played. Yeah, anybody who goes and works on the system knows exactly how it's wired because we've got our relay, they've got the duct relay, they've got an mm -hmm. ice cube relay, they're splitting uh, multiple systems, and it's like, if you do not know what is going on, right? good luck. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. What we wound up putting in a separate power supply, and, and, yeah. and we worked with this company, with this, this our own company, and said, look, what they really need is this, and then we need... The projection company to give us relay inputs or relay yeah. something we can tie to on h1 and they did that like they were like oh oh that makes sense and within like three weeks we were we were done like we were golden and the for the first time in years the system was just completely normal and they went huh 
that was easy. And we're like, <laughs> and hit the alarm and all the, all the things shut off and everybody leaves. So they said, well, you're great. We'll run you up to this other one. So I went up the street to the, to the other one and it was a, an older voice evac system. And it had so much noise on the, on the um, voice output, the his voice evac system. You mm. could sit in the theater and hear it and it's that uh, Simplex has a very distinctive, the older Simplex system has a very distinctive sound on its SLC. It sounds just like Space Invaders. <laughs> so it's like, it gets really quiet. It's like. <laughs> and the guy goes, can you get rid of that? And I said, I think I can. So I start to work on it. And man, I tried everything. I mean, I tried every trick in the book. I even called a, an engineer uh, who made special torrids. And I said, is there any way, and he said, what frequency are you dealing with? And I said, well, this would be around 3,000 hertz, 3,000 baud, and he went, no. He said, you have to have a tour the size of a, of a bus to do anything for that. I'm like, let's take it, that's a no? He goes, no, that's a no. You're, so what wound up being um, that, the, that the actual system itself, as manufactured, was just not good. Yeah. Like, like there was nothing you could there was no it was so it was one of the very first generations they ever made of that panel and mm. when it got kicked out the door it was like yeah it's ready to go <laughs> except in situations where you need where you need it to be quiet in which case it's not ready to go and it turned out to be that's exactly what the problem was and when we went back to manufacturing like yeah that model should yeah that needs to be upgraded that needs to be destroyed hulk smashed removed put in this mm -hmm. oh Oh, I was a sad. <laughs> I can't do that. Well, I mean, sometimes you got to force that issue. Yeah. And it, I, I always try to think, you know, put myself in the customer's shoes. Like, all right, how can I potentially try to save them a few bucks? Mm -hmm. But sometimes, like, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's done. The system is dead. This thing needs to get upgraded no matter what. Um, I actually have several customers that I'm talking to about that where I'm like, look, nobody is going to service this thing. Mm -hmm. And you're lucky I'm here even trying, to be honest. Um, I will do what I can, but you got to know the limitations. <laughs> and I, I will give, there's one that I'm like, I will give this one shot. Mm -hmm. And if it works, awesome. You bought yourself anywhere between a month and a year. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. If it doesn't work, New system. Type. How, how? What's the oldest systems you've actually worked on? Some of the older. Uh, that you've seen? All right. Let's see. Um, you heard of Thorn? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Thorn Auto Call. Mm -hmm. Oh, that made the hair in the back of my neck stand out. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Those are. That's old. Yeah. Had a had a good Pull one. start. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Not quite. Yeah. They um, they're asking me to um, to fix fix uh, this was one of the first versions of an intelligent mm -hmm. um, system truly multiplexed mm -hmm. but uh, they're like hey can you get a replacement part for this I'm like in what junkyard am I supposed to now out of the thorn museum is how you're gonna get that we found one really but it was the updated version of that part oh. so it used a different kind of um, uh, the original one was like a terminal and this one was a Phoenix connector. Mm -hmm. Didn't have the Phoenix connector. <laughs> so I had to go find a Phoenix connector to install on this thing just so I could get it wired in. And sure enough, because it was a newer style, it didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah. I'm like, 
I will always try it once. Yeah. The problem is, my dear customer, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay for it if it works or it doesn't work because yeah. I had to order the part and we had to go through this process. So I, you know, I'm always up front. I'm like, look, this is what this is going to cost. <laughs> and I'm going to caveat, it probably won't work. Just like, you know, the on-call thing. Mm-hmm. I will go out, it's going to cost you this much, and there's no guarantee I'm going to fix it. <laughs> so. I, I just, and then then you let the billing department fight with that about a, two weeks yep. later, you know. Yes. My new then, guy came all the way down here and charged me a million dollars and didn't fix anything. Yeah, and then I have to get your full name and your <laughs> approval to charge you and your company this what, amount. What was your visa number again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so autocall was one. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of this security system. It was so old. I had to find a faxed copy. Um, you know, not like an electronic mm-hmm. copy of a manual. This one was scanned in. Um, yeah, that's how old that it was. Old. Hand typed, uh, like a typed one. It was yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it was one of those where kind of the same thing. It was an old security system, just a couple of points on it and their keypad went bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sent me a picture of it and I was just like I have no idea what that is Gosh. <laughs> and then uh, they say well you know we managed to find a keypad that looks exactly like it oh, so nice. go see what you can do it's like awesome so I go out on site and uh, I go find the actual box and I, I still can't remember what it was called but this thing had maybe like four zones on it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, no visual interface, just a oh, red wow. light and uh, a green light to let you know if it's armed or disarmed. Um, to its credit, had a phone line attached to it mm-hmm. that was, I believe, still utilizing rotary. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is old. And then um, I had to quickly learn how to program this system because we found out that their access codes were stored in the keypad. So when I oh. replaced it... Oh, you, then you had to reprogram it. We had to reprogram yeah. it. But the deadly Le- problem. Luckily, uh, it had its own, actually. Nice. So I was like, oh, this is actually a pretty nice <laughs> keypad. It had everything I needed. So I was actually able to learn the system and get them back up and running in about an hour and a half. Nice. Well um, played. But super lucky, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm like, there is no part for this thing. I don't know where, what dark corner of eBay they found this thing in. I know. But this will never happen again. <laughs> I, I've worked on a, a notifier panels, old notifier panels that were that were plugs. That like the bricks. The bricks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we need to we need we need to tie something into this. I'm like, this 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 should be in a museum. This is really old, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and it I, worked. But I got to pull one out. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, it was a, an apartment complex, and I'm I like to think that I'm a pretty straight shooter, mm-hmm. right? Like I will tell com- customers what's going on. I will walk them through the whole process. I will give them all the information they need. I will make them text if they want to get that down to nitty gritty, sure. so they understand that I'm not BSing them. Yeah, I'm like this. This is exactly what's going on. So I get a call for this building. I'm like, well, we don't know what's going on with it. So imagine, oh gosh, you know those really really old phones. Um, you see in those like 1920 movies that they have this little microphone that comes out yeah, and then the little cup that yeah. comes out. That's kind of what this panel Delco looked like. Delco 3-4. <laughs> yeah. And this building 
actually still had those phones no in it. No kidding. They uh, they retrofitted them and they're using them for their intercom system. Oh, that is cool. So when you that go, that is cool. Yeah, when you go and like buzz in and say, "Hey, I'm here," mm-hmm. they actually have to pick up those handsets. Oh, that is so cool. So the fact that they retrofitted them and made it work was pretty stinking that cool. That is neat. Yeah. Um, but this panel, I can't even remember the manufacturer. You know, one of those that hasn't been in business for mm-hmm. fifty years. But yeah, uh, probably bricks the size of my forearms. And they're like, what's wrong with that? Like, well, it's 50 years old. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> smells like so, smoke, though. <laughs> well, because they, uh, they were using an EST quick start mm-hmm. to monitor it off of its alarm contacts. Makes so, sense. Um, yeah. Well, it's alarm and trouble contacts. So it had about like... 10 total contacts on this thing mm-hmm. alarm trouble uh like one auxiliary relay uh, city box mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. how that's all that's this how thing. old it was yeah, yeah it still had the yeah. city box on it yeah um could be wired multiple ways you're like yeah. oh god no and then uh you know what was on it um one pull station circuit so everything is on the same circuit and one bell circuit that's it yeah so it could just got compromised. Luckily, it was just a couple of bells that I found out in the field that I had to replace. Nice. So I got them back up and running, but I went straight to the manager. I'm like, you are now on borrowed time mm-hmm. because you're going to call me at four o'clock on a Friday and be like, this thing is dead. What do I do? And nothing you can You do. get on fire watch. Yeah, That's exactly. What you do. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, three years later, <laughs> they my uh, there we go my we got the, more life out of it than we expected. My manager comes up and says, "Hey, they're ready to cut it over." It's like what? Wow. <laughs> she uh, this manager is amazing. She listened to me. Um, it was you know one of those co-ops, so she got the board. It was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. this thing is you know from the 1800s." We need to start saving and budgeting for this now because nice. it's, well it's going down. So they did. It took them about three years. And to that panel's credit, it continued to work. Uh, and then my boss was like, hey, that thing on my desk. Yeah, no kidding. It's like, I'm no keeping kidding. that. Yeah, absolutely. So I like that kind of stuff. I Lake Oswego, when I was doing their library one time, this is before I got all changed out, um, had a reel-to-reel tape. It looked like real, real, but it it actually looped itself back through, and I tripped it. It was we were working on the fire system, and we tripped it, and it called their their dispatch. Wow, still functional. You know, this is the Lake Oswego Library. Yeah, it it was still functioning, and it was an actual tape. You could like put your finger on it and slow it down. (laughs) It's like I for and we we tripped it, and it reset itself, and I went okay that that is unique and I, mm-hmm. not thinking about it now I couldn't have told you what brand it was how mm-hmm. old it was I mean I saw those and there was a there was a, two fire systems I've worked on that had dry cells mm. that literally had six volt lan- those big six volt lantern yeah. battery dry cells and every time I got there the little window was down the dry cell <laughs> was gone and you can't you know, it just basically ran pole stations. It was an AC pole station system, and then it had this like little battery that it could run. Yeah, and they're like, "Hey, can you replace the battery?" <sighs> sure. They haven't made them in like thirty years. <laughs> I'll put a new one on. <laughs> Let me go down to the old hardware store. Yeah, they're they're. Uh, I I thankfully I think all those systems are gone. But you know, other they're than not. the then the, they're not. 
I worked on one about six months ago. No kidding. Yeah. Now those are those would be classic panels to put on your wall to show yeah. kids. Problem was, didn't work anymore. Yeah, that. Yeah, it took a dive, and I'm like, you know, it's time. <laughs> and without skipping a beat, the guy's like, I have a spare in my garage. Will you install it for me? I'm like, what really? do you mean you have a spare in your a garage? Spare? He's like, yeah, I bought it uh, like off of another company when they were getting rid of it because I knew eventually this would happen. I'm like, you no really, kidding? You want me to take the time to swap this out and try to make it work? He's like, yeah. Like, like okay, for like, I mean, okay, I'll, wow. I'll give it a shot. Uh, you know, I'll let my my coordinator know and <laughs> she'll call you and we'll set up the time. Never heard from him again. Thank God. I'm like, he probably lost it or he it's, like it's, take it off the shelf and it fell and broke. It's like the, the Portland, uh, uh, all those apartments that you go into where they have like six pole stations. That's <laughs> bells <and> you're like, <laughs> <laughs> those things are so cool. Well, man, I've really enjoyed talking with you, Adam. Uh, I, I, we've covered a lot of stuff. Did you, did you want to say anything on to, to the listeners before we shut her down or? Um, you know, just do everything with intention is really what it comes down to. We talk about that will. It's like you can you can treat this like a job that you're just going to come and go from, mm -hmm. right? But, you know, we work with um, fire department a lot, right? And I've seen there's one station that's amazing. They've got the wall of devices, and these are smokes and other things that are anywhere from little dirty to clearly this thing has been through a fire. Mm -hmm. And... It's these devices that literally save somebody's life. Oh, nice. And you can say, oh, that's just fire. I'm like, let's talk about security for a second. Okay. If you can at least get the cops out there, you know, what if somebody's using uh, perimeter interior and they arm the perimeter because they're working there late at night and somebody mm -hmm. breaks in? Yep. Just the siren going off, you know, gets people away. You potentially save somebody's life there mm -hmm. access control for you know you can talk about the politics all you want there's a lot of very interesting and violent people that live in portland uh sadly and keeping them out of certain buildings is a fantastic idea we never really hear about generally speaking the things that we've managed to prevent but that's we, a that's a really good point. But yeah. we always hear about the failures and the things that didn't go well. And you just have to remind yourself that if you never hear something, then you've done a good job. Mm -hmm. Right? And you got to take what you do seriously. You know, cuz if I go and install a system, if I had a kid, would I be okay with the kid being there? Right. Would my kid be protected uh, in the event of any emergency yeah. in any way shape or form would i be comfortable in that you know your kid your mom your brother whatever the case is you know put yourself in that mindset and you know take the time to do it right that's that's yeah. good words to to I, I i couldn't agree more what a pleasure to have you here would mm -hmm. you come back sure if you guys invited me <laughs> <laughs> well i think we can make that happen i really appreciate you coming on board yeah thank no you problem. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share us with a friend, the best way to help us grow. 
The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.